Well, it's a great pleasure to welcome to the My Broadband Conference, George Fraser, who's the VP for Amdocs and uh, joining us from Dubai, Georgia. It's really great to see you. Thank you for joining us at the conference this year. Um, Amdocs is an interesting company. Tell us a little bit about Amdocs and the history of Amdocs. Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, we're leading provider of software and services for primarily the telco space, but also TV, entertainment and media. So we operate, we've been operating for 35 years. Um, the big names in the media industry and the communications industry are our customers, whether that's an AT&T, a Telefonica, a T-Mobile, and when we look in Africa, uh, people like Telcom and MTN and others. Um, we conduct on a global basis, as I said, we've got development facilities all over the place, um, whether that's Brazil, Canada, Cyprus, India, Ireland, the list goes on. But whenever you touch your phone, probably the software in the background is something that we're touching, whether that's when you activate your SIM, whether you get your bill, whether you communicate with customer care, all of those kind of things, we provide the technology behind it. Wow, that's that's really fascinating. And you, you know, uh, you, 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 as you said, the, you know, activating the SIM exchange with uh, customer services, quite a few things that are happening in the background that a uh, that a normal user does, you know, takes for granted to think that happens automatically. So, Amdocs technology yes. behind it. Tell me about your story in Africa. How long have you guys been here? Uh, over twenty years now. Um, so we've got a really strong and growing customer base. We've got regional offices in Johannesburg. Uh, we serve customers like Telcom, uh, MTN, Safaricom, Vodacom, Orange, uh, with our billing and charging. Um, we provide um, media services to the likes uh, to, to the likes of Orange and Vodacom as well. And then, more interestingly, in, in specifically for Africa, we do a lot of mobile financial services solutions as well. So we work with people like the Axiom Group, Standard Bank. Uh, and others. So a, a pretty broad spectrum in terms of what we do across Africa. That is absolutely fascinating. I mean, when you look at those key services that you offer the rest of the world uh, versus versus Africa, um, uh, how, how do we compare? But I guess we're using pretty much the same stuff. Are we a different environment from a business point of view? Do we? How do we compare with the rest of the world? Uh, it, it is quite different, funnily enough. So if I look at just network technology, yeah, um, Africa lags behind a little bit in terms of network. So it's still a primarily a 3G world. You know, you've got to think of, it's not just South Africa here. If you look at the rest of Africa, um, it's really quite different to the rest of the world insofar as there's a lot of 3G. So I think there's a huge opportunity, and we're seeing that now, where people are moving from 3G to 4G, and recently with 5G. Safaricom launched 5G only last week, for example. So that's one area. I think media is interesting. Uh, Africa's playing a really fast catch-up game in terms of consuming media. Netflix have launched um, bespoke services a, a, across the territory and, uh, and are doing special price points um, for Africa alone. And then I think the one where Africa's very different is mobile financial services, mobile money and mobile wallets. Um, so much more advanced than any other part of the world. 
That's so fascinating. And yes, we've seen all of those things, you know, the likes of M-Pesa. And, and I was just talking the other day to some to an executive uh, talking about the broad, the, the, the uh, data center expansion onto the continent. Uh, the fact that there's this penetration taking place at a massive scale, um, providing connectivity services. And you mentioned 5G and 3G, and you're absolutely right. You know, most of the continent still using 3G. But I guess that is going to change dramatically in the next couple of years and we're going to see uh, something extraordinary coming out of the continent. But when you look at the next generation of customer experience, you know, everybody talks about customer experience, customer experience. Um, How has that changed during COVID-19, for example? And um, I guess... I guess that uh, COVID-19 has accelerated many things in terms of digital transformation. So customer experience is certainly a, a key aspect here. It, it has. Um, COVID-19, without doubt, has accelerated a lot of things from a business perspective. Um, we've certainly seen a rapid move to digital um, because large proportions of the population have had to work, learn and be entertained remotely. Um, and I think on the basis of that, you've seen customer experiences really come to the forefront for a lot of businesses. Uh, it's not just loyalty based on price or product. Loyalty is really based on the experience you can get. Mm. And often that experience will need to be remote because you can't go to a store. It might be difficult to contact a call center. And people have got really high expectations now for that kind of real-time, personalized experience. Um, and our customers are racing down the road in terms of meeting that digital first mindset and delivering experiences that you can get on your handset rather than necessarily in a store or a call center. So things have changed really, really quite rapidly. No, it's absolutely fascinating. I look at myself as a consumer and a customer, and I can see exactly what you're talking about. And I guess that most businesses face a lot of these challenges, you know, both technical um, business challenges, because the customer is changing and the customer has different demands today. What are those challenges that you see businesses experiencing as a result of the customer changing? Yeah, there's no doubt customers are becoming, becoming far more demanding. I, I, I certainly am as a consumer myself. I expect immediacy. I expect it to be delivered as quickly as possible and right first time. But to do that as a business, there's a lot of background work that you need to do. You know, So a lot of it starts with the workforce and getting digital adoption to them and how they work. So I had an interesting call with a customer yesterday where they were just talking about their call center experience and how they might have to go through 10, 11, even 20 different screens to answer a customer's question. So a lot of it is just looking at how the workforce interacts with the technology and then digitizing that, that technology and simplifying it and making it much more employee-centric to make it easy to work with and ultimately customer-centric. So that, that's one thing. And you know, adopting a data-first mindset, simplifying that data. And then the other thing is bringing intelligence into uh, the story and using intelligent tools to provide data uh, and information that you think is right at that point in time. So a lot of artificial intelligence figuring out how, what type of information do I present at what time? And those combined can have a, a significant impact in terms of A, the way that you work as a supplier, as a, as a, as a telco, but also it makes a huge difference in terms of customer experience as well. 
Wow. As you're talking there, I'm just thinking about my recent experiences that I've had, uh, you know, buying something uh, from from Amazon and the, you know, the, the trail of the package getting to me and my impatience for the, pa the, the, pa mm -hmm. the, the package to get to me and my impatience with dealing with customer service of this organization. And I'm thinking to myself as a customer, there's got to be an easier way, you know, putting the customer through so many different loops just to get some sort of answer. I mean, that digital journey that you talk about, I mean, how do you actually start with that digital journey? I look at the, I mean, do CSPs need to go through a complete transformation or are there other paths, for example, to this digital journey that you talk about? That, that's a great question because often organizations, whether it's in the communications business or any other business, they're frightened of digital transformation because it could be what I call an elephant sandwich, you know, something too big to eat. Um, and my view is that you can do it in piecemeal chunks. And that's the approach that we're taking to take away that fear factor of something that could be this huge, huge transformation. And I think it just starts with looking at what the, the bigger challenges are. And in many ways, it's about separating two different types of systems. You have systems of record, which might be the old systems that capture all the data, and it's systems of engagement, how you engage with that customer, mm. how you give them a self-service channel, how you make it personalized, how you even introduce bots or virtual assistants and other new modes of communication. And it, that doesn't need to be a huge um huge step, it can be what we call digital augmentation. So a, a, even a lighter touch can make a big difference if you're just looking at a call center agent, as I talked about earlier, or if I make it that much easier for me to change my plan or look at my bill or all of those kind of things. And that doesn't need to be this radical change. It can be a step-by-step -step approach, most certainly. Okay, so I, I guess it's 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 doable in chunk bite size as you talk about, but it needs to be done, and you need to understand the process. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I mean the, the cloud has been extraordinary. I mean, could you imagine if this pandemic had hit us, say, ten years ago, when the cloud wasn't as mature as it is today, and has the flexibility that it has today? Um, and, and I guess the the cloud has been the savior to a large degree of this business continuity we have during the pandemic, whilst the cloud may not be anything new, it certainly evolved in, in many different circumstances. And I guess we've seen this incredible acceleration of organizations just moving to the cloud since last year. Now, when you look at the telecoms industry, with you and Amdoc specializing in this regard, how do you see the telecoms industry, the role they're playing and their adoption with cloud, for example? Very good question. And uh, I think you're right. Without the cloud, um, how would we have survived this pandemic? You know, um, So for me, the telecoms industry is at the beginning of this journey. They're scratching the surface for most companies. The goal for me of moving to the cloud is clearing the minds of the vast majority. It's bringing those many different journeys within the organization together into a coherent strategy that works. So it's notable that more senior executives driving cloud transformation have a clear picture of their journey now, but there's still skepticism about the journey. There's a bit of fear. So people are moving that way, but uh, I think it'll take some time. And I think in Africa in particular, the other thing that will be more impactful is as the big cloud providers, the Amazons, the Googles, the Microsofts deploy more um, across um, the continent, 
that will have a big impact too. So in South Africa, it's a very different story. There's rapid cloud adoption, but elsewhere, it's it's a it's a it's a different picture because because of that. Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I certainly think people are what I would say clarifying IT. Right. And I think as 5G comes, there's an opportunity to move a lot of uh, work onto the cloud um, using 5G as well, because you're not restricted upon the fixed architecture that you have, um, because you'll be able to get high speeds with 5G as well. Yeah, and uh, that uh, 5G is quite extraordinary technology, and I think it's going to change uh, the game for many organizations. And, uh, and I guess if you don't uh, digitally transform fast enough, I think that 5G has the potential to seriously disrupt many, many businesses. Now, talking about MDocs and how you can assist the CSPs in taking that digital journey of transformation, how, how do you and how can you assist these CSPs? Yeah, so our industry has typically been, you know, old school legacy, big systems of record, as I talked about earlier. And those systems don't necessarily lend themselves comfortably to work in the cloud. So we've worked incredibly hard over the last few years, building a new set of technologies that are truly cloud native. And for me, cloud native means it can be uh, set up incredibly rapidly it can be managed very simply you can use devops in terms of uh, adjusting the way that the technology works and unless you've built that technology from the ground up genuinely cloud native open dynamic uh, open set of apis it's going to be a struggle so we've de developed a holistic digital approach combining all of that cloud technology as well as giving digital channels for engagement um, a cloud catalog, cloud um, delivery, anything that you can think of from a, a comprehensive and modular approach, enabling digital experience across all channels. And that's a really, really challenging task to do from the ground up and make it genuinely cloud native. And I think we've done a great job around that. And I think that makes a real difference when you want to deploy uh, onto the cloud, it's got to be built cloud native. If, if it isn't, you're not going to get the benefits of cloud. Mm. And I guess, I guess what what this pandemic has done, um, <clears throat> excuse me, what this pandemic has done is it's it really exposed um, you know the digital gaps that uh, organisations and countries have. And you know we we do have a digital gap. There's no doubt about it. I mean, what is Amdocs doing to assist in bringing that? digital gap a lot smaller and in line with the rest of the world. And I guess um, when you look at uh, uh, the efforts that need to be put in place for digital inclusion, for example, what, what is Amdocs doing around this? Yeah, let me just quickly talk about our customers first, though, because I think our customers have done a great job in terms of trying to fill that gap in the last 12 months, yeah. whether it's um, Vodacom or MTN, there's a lot of well-publicized initiatives, what they've been doing. They've also benefited from COVID-19 many ways, though, because the revenues have gone up significantly and they've been able to invest themselves. And I think that, that's one side from our customers. But from our perspective, um, we've done two things. We've been working very, very hard with our customers to deliver that business value, to allow people to engage, to allow people to leverage the technology so that they don't have to go into the store or the call center. But from a a corporate social responsibility perspective, 
We've always done a lot of work with the community. And in particular around COVID-19, we've donated medical equipment, life-saving machines, computers for remote learning. And if you look specifically in Africa, something that I'm incredibly proud of is we've been working on several projects that we've been conducting in conjunction with the Safaricom Foundation. So in this area, we've provided internet access to children in Kenya. Um, and that, you know, it's, it's so joyful to see the impact of what that kind of work has done. Um, and then every year, we also conduct our own kind of organizational health survey because COVID-19 has been very difficult on employees as well. And the, the, the feedback we've received from our employees is we responded really well and we moved very quickly around COVID-19. And then finally, just in terms of what we're doing in South Africa, um, not just Kenya, uh, we're working with a number of schools where we're implementing communication tools to enable real-time communications with parents and students. That's one of the big, that's another big divide at the moment with edu education, those who have laptops and e-learning and those who have not. And we're certainly trying to bridge that gap across all grades as well, not just the, the older children as well. Wow, uh, certainly very optimistic. And, uh, you know, when you look at the uh, amount of money that's been pumped into the continent with data centers, fiber rollout, uh, and all this kind of connectivity, I think it's going to be a very exciting time uh, for the African continent over the next couple of years. Uh, George Fraser, VP at Amdocs for Africa, we thank you for joining us on the, uh, at the mm -hmm. My Broadband Conference all the way from Dubai. We wish you well and uh, we hope to have a, another chat next year around this time when we look back and we say, wow, look at what has happened in the last 12 months and the incredible transformation. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us, George. In person as well. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.